Hey, this is Allison, and this is a two-part episode. The first part I recorded as a road riff, and it's about the magic of getting out of the house. And then stay tuned for what the magic actually was, because now it's Sunday, the day we're actually going to publish, and I want to tell you what the magic was, and it wasn't what we expect. It's time for another Road Riff podcast. I don't know what episode it is. <laughs> it's all good. It's up there in the 196, maybe 195, somewhere up in there. Um, this is Allison Crow. This is the wild edge of being human. And today's podcast episode is when I get out of the house, magic happens. So I am in my car driving through the hill country from Lago Vista down into Austin, Texas, which should be interesting. There's a lot going on in Austin, Texas this weekend. It's South by Southwest. Today is the recording day of this is St. Patrick's Day. Um, I also have to stop and get some blood work done. Um, And I am going to a networking luncheon. So, um, y'all, I've been working at home for years. And this is the first time in probably the last six, eight months, this is the first time I felt really lonely and isolated working at home. Um, my last two houses have been out in the boonies, so that's just, that's just how it is, but um, I felt lonely. And I've also felt an internal, as my capacity comes back, I've felt an internal nudge, intuition, pull, knowing to get back into local community, get back into being with people on a regular basis um, in person. How do y'all feel about a in-person stuff? Is that easy for you? And I'm not talking like for me, listen, y'all, I'm not like B and I. I'm not a B&I girl. I don't, I, how, how do I know? I've never been to a B&I. But I, I want to be with, well, let me, let me go ahead and tell you this story. I, I, I set this intention and I decided to start looking for a networking group. And I had been a part of a networking group here in Austin. When I first came back from the Denton area, I was like, I'm going to see my family once a week and I'm going to do something Um, once a month in business, I'm going to go once a month, I'm going to go to these networking parties. And I did meet a couple of really good friends and I met a hairstylist and I actually, that was great. And then COVID hit and that thing blew to smithereens. And I tried an online one and I don't know about y'all, I'm experiencing some Zoom fatigue. I just, I just cannot sit on another Zoom call. Um, Yeah. So I decided I set the intention and I started searching the one that I was a part of blew apart and it probably wasn't the best fit for me anyways. And so I knew what I wanted doesn't mean you have to want it. But what I preferred in a networking group was probably more middle aged women, um, women that I would I would love to 
meet some colleagues and friends that are navigating um, this season. And when I say this season, like I'm in achievement phase of my business, but probably reinvention. So women that have been around a few times who might even you know, launch phase is so exciting and growth phase is so challenging. And then achievement is like, where's the drama? I need a dopamine hit. Um, Oh, and while we're recording this, I think I accidentally used a navigation service that may talk to us. Oh, well, (laughs) road riff. Um, And so I was like, I want to, I, I thrive when y'all, we all do this. I thrive when people get me. I thrive when I get the people I'm with. Um, and I'm needing some of that camaraderie in the business, um, people that understand the challenges of business. I, I, I want women that are probably a little bit older. Let me go ahead and say that a little bit more seasoned. Um, it doesn't mean that I couldn't get that with younger women, but, um, I, I wanted diversity. I definitely wanted diversity. I did not want to be in the blonde Barbie business Instagram influencer club. And um, that's on me. That's not on them. Every time I criticize somebody else, y'all, it's it's about me. It's not about them. But I'm allowed to have preferences. So um, I started searching for Austin networking groups and kind of Northwest Austin so that, you know, it would be easier for me to drive and... The first one I saw was this guy, and I'm sure it's fine, but this guy that my dad was like business partners with 30 years ago. And uh, he's a nice guy. I've I've seen him online and they meet up. I'm pretty sure they meet up at this place called the Headliners Club. And the Headliners Club just reminds me of old school Austin and um, just a little old school for me. I don't, I don't know. That was the vibe I picked up. And then I found a couple of others. And then I found one called Texas Women in Business. And I went to go and look at the leadership team. And right there, president was Miss Melita Jones. And Melita Jones was my first assistant when I was a brand new real estate agent. And she had actually, I had known her at the Catholic school that I worked at. She was in business development for the uh, church office. And, um, um, you know, I was like, you should get out of this job and come into real estate. And she's been a real estate agent ever since. I haven't had my license for 13 years. And I look up and Melita is the head of this networking group. And so I just picked up the phone and called her, which I never do. You know, normally we're in this like text introvert kind of world, like timid. And I just picked up the phone and called her and left a message and said, Hey, I'm looking to do this. And I just wanted to check the vibe with you. And, you know, obviously you're going to love it because it's you, but I wanted to, I wanted to check off a couple of boxes and Melita and I had a wonderful conversation. Um, this networking group is philanthropy. They like to give back to women and children, um, in difficult situations that made me feel really good. Um, and so I went to a coffee Last weekend, they have a coffee once a month and they have um, a luncheon and there's like, you know, 30 minutes to kind of hang out and visit and then they have speakers and once a quarter, they kind of have a lunch and learn and once a month, they have a happy hour. So there's all kinds of options, which is nice. And um, it everything it was just one of those things where everything made sense. There was no 
resistance information. There was no, it just, it was like, Allison, go for it. And so um, after talking to Melita, I joined the group and I guess I'm even talking to you about it now. And it was funny because I sent a Marco Polo to my coach just to kind of verbally discharge some of my slightly nervous energy. And so, yeah, I'm nervous. Um, You know, as confident as I can be with my own people and as confident as I can be on a stage where I'm kind of separated from people, opening my heart and going back out into community this way feels new for me. And... It doesn't feel new for me. It, it just feels unpracticed. It feels unpracticed. But my coach and I both are experimenting getting offline and spending more time in our communities. And so we play with each other with this phrase, you know, when Allison gets out of the house, magic happens. When Allison gets out of the house, magic happens. And I just want to acknowledge for anybody listening that... I don't know. If this doesn't resonate, that's okay. My experience is that things are weird. Things are weird online. Online has been a place where I have felt very comfortable being me. I have felt felt very comfortable being personal, being professional. Um, after the last year, I'm I'm my business did such a beautiful job. It actually did everything we hoped that it would do. You know, we build it. We don't we don't build a business to to live. I mean, to work, take a sip of my green juice. We build a business. Well, I don't know. You know, I I was one of those people that was lucky enough to find something you love and never feel like a day of work in your life. And last year, I had a really good business year, even though from May on, I, I did not have the energy and capacity to focus on selling as regularly as I had before. Like it was just the way that I was. And so as I get back on the bike, so to speak, and that's what it feels like. It feels like, I don't know. Have you ever been an adult? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Why am I saying all these things? Um, When I was little, I used to love to go roller skating. And as an adult, if you put on roller skates, we just don't have that muscle memory anymore, even though we don't have, we don't have that muscle use. And so it feels awkward. Um, something I used to be very proficient at feels awkward. And I'm just being with the awkwardness. I'm being with the awkwardness of getting back into my, my marketing that feels open and heartfelt and, talking about what I do, even noticing that what I do have slightly shifted. Um, Yeah, you know, the last episode I think was about transitions and how to be with yourself during difficult transitions. And I just want to acknowledge, you know, I know so many of my clients have also had really hard years. Some of them, it's been great. And I'm so happy for you. Um, But for many of us, things have just been challenging and this is life this is you know this is not a victim statement this is life life will bring us extreme beauty and it will bring us challenge and it will bring us gain and glory and it will bring us loss and the challenge isn't to eliminate all those things it's how we be with ourselves and um, I guess if I'm going to teach that 
life, Mother Earth, as one of my friends calls it, Gus, God, Universe, Spirit. I love that. Um, Gus, God, Universe, Spirit is just going to allow me to really embody. I mean, I wrote a book about it to really embody all these lessons. And I notice as I wobble, the, the hardest thing I do, the biggest challenge I have is judging myself. Um, I did a podcast episode about the second sword, stop stabbing yourself. And so I've been playing this game, um, not really a game, but I've had a playful spirit about really moving towards my irritation, my judgment, my discomfort. Um, and those are things, you know, normally I would try to push away. And I've learned so much by turning towards them. Hello, discomfort. I see you. Hello, awkwardness. I see you. Hello, insecurity. I see you. I am here for you. Let's get to know each other. I'm sorry I pushed you away. I'd like to befriend you. So, getting out of the house. Um, what's that look like for you these days? Is it easy is it, you know, I, I remember I was talking with one of my uh, former coaches and they used to do all kinds of in-person events. And I was like, do you have anything in person coming up? Like, it'd just be nice to go to something and know some familiar people. And he was like, no way, man, I'm doing Zoom from now on. We save so much more money. And I get it, y'all. I, um, I have my final camp event coming up in May. It's a much smaller event this year. Um, it, it feels like for me and many of my colleagues are letting me know too that they're experiencing some of the same that our numbers are way down <laughs> which is a little wobbly um so we have a much smaller event last year it was 50 people and this year i have around 20 i have a couple more spots but um this is my last year for the event and i love the actual event itself and i love the people and being with the people and i noticed this the very first year in 2021 when we came back after the year of covid and we did our event and we did our event at the hotel that I had done it the previous four years and it was a fucking disaster with the hotel and the service aspect of it we were it was so weird my clients I don't think really knew um, but we had some major behind the scenes service problems and the service that we got. And I always provide a little bit of food and kind of luxurious snacks and not continental style snacks and stuff. And we had a, we have a garden party where there's, you know, there's substantial food served at this garden party. And this rest, this hotel that we had contracted just didn't do it. And so they pulled together old waffles and chicken for breakfast for us. Like, no, that's not it. And then the next year we did it at another venue, which was a really beautiful venue. And my assistant and I went out there and we had another snafu behind the scenes and it frustrated my clients. And of course, but we had another snafu behind the scenes because the hotel and the restaurant did not communicate with what we had contracted. And... The next year, that same venue for the exact same event wanted to charge me $12,000 more. And so um, I don't mean all that to be a complaint, but I just, if, you, if, you're not, if you're not planning events and, and 
dealing with all the behind the scenes. And I'm so grateful to have Amber, who's my assistant, that does most of this stuff behind the scenes for me and then just gets me the final information. And I tell her what I want. She negotiates it for me. But man, it has felt like a beating. It's like pulling teeth, all right? And um, over the years, I think 2013 was my very first retreat that I've done. It, it, It has been so easy and so effortless. And so... This is um, my final year of doing this event. I know that I will continue to do in-person things. I'm just going to take a pause and figure out like a a reset. I'm giving myself a business reset. It doesn't mean I'm going to stop doing business. But what I want to do is like clear out y'all. I have a 20-year body of work. I want to clear out my closet. And I want to thoughtfully and mindfully figure out what works for me, what doesn't work for me, what needs to be. I think there's a lot, you know, there's some things that are going to completely go away. There will probably be some new things, but just like in our closets, there's some things that we just need to repurpose or we need to shift. I don't know. Maybe that's not a good analogy. And so um, today I'm getting out of the house Um, In May, with my clients who are coming to the Austin, Texas area, we're getting out of the house. Um, My my coach gets out of his house every single, I think every single week or maybe every two weeks. I don't know if his is a weekly meeting. God, I'd I'd almost love to have an every two-week meeting. I'd love to have, y'all know what I miss? Oh, what I miss. What I miss is community. And there's lots of online community, but I miss community in person. And um, being a little bit older, being an empty nester, living in a neighborhood that, nah, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, if we want friends, we have to be friends. As my mom told me when I was in my fifth year of college and I had moved home that final semester to save money, and it was a Friday night, and I was down and a little depressed and sitting on the floor in my bedroom, and I had mirrored mirrored doors on my closet. And I was looking in the mirror crying and my mother came in and y'all, my mother is a sweetheart. My mother is not have that sarcastic or biting tone. She's a really soft, gentle, loving woman. But she was so cute in a very playful but kind of snarky way. She was like, what do you think? Someone's going to drive down Bowman Avenue and see a light on and stop their car and come up, peek in the window and say, that seems like a neat girl. I'd like to get to know her. And it's probably one of the top five moments in my life and and one of two that my mom gave me. Um, The other one is when I was little, I wanted to go to Foley's department store. And um, it was a Sunday and I... My mom said, could you please look up their phone number and call them and find out what time they close? And this was like early in the morning. And I sat looking at that phone with that phone book open for hours. I was terrified to pick up the phone. And I remember I was a little girl. I don't know how old I was, but old enough that my mom was teaching me a good lesson. And I picked up the phone and, I, you know, I finally just did the thing. 
And thinking about the thing was so much more miserable. Thinking about the networking, thinking about going to this meeting this morning was more miserable than the actual, as soon as I got out of the house, I felt better. And I picked up the phone and I called Foley's and I said, what time do you close? And they said six. And I said, thank you and hung up the phone. And it was like no big deal. And I just realized that our sweet little minds play a trick on us. And so I, I want to encourage you in whatever way you are, if you're craving something, it's not going to come knock on the door and find you. <laughs> You're going to have to make some decisions and you may do some research on your phone or on your computer and you may have to pick up the phone and you may just have to to say, I'm just going to do the thing. Awkward, brave. I think like Brene Brown said, stay awkward, stay brave. And I love that. And so I just wanted to pop this little road riff in your ear. Um, stay awkward, stay brave, get out of the house, connect with people. If you want community, you've got to show up in community. Nobody is going to come and pull you out from under the hidey hole. And I get, y'all, this morning I lie in bed. It's a week after the time change and I just haven't quite adjusted yet. And there were parts of me that were like, we don't want to go anywhere. We want to stay in bed all day long. It's hopeless. And I just cuddled with those parts of me. I get how our mind especially when you're leaning into something new and you're leaning into something brave and you feel awkward how your mind and your thinking parts can try to talk you out of it. And so I'm just here softly whispering in your ear, do the thing. You know what the thing is for you. It may not be having to do with community, but you know that thing you've been pondering. Do the thing. Do the thing. Twins. Do the thing, sweet friends. Thank you for spending time with me in your ears. I'm Allison Crow, your favorite life coach, here living at the wild edge of being human. My roster is open for one-on-one. Solis is open for new members, and we have a couple spots at a very intimate event for camp. Um, you can message me at Allison at AllisonCrow.com about any of those. Send me a message on Facebook or Instagram and we can talk more. Sending you love. See you next week. Okay, this is part two. I did get out of the house and some magic happened, but I wanted to share the magic what happened because I think a lot of times when we're anticipating magic, we're not anticipating contrast. And so my magic came through contrast. I went to the luncheon. Um, It was perfectly fine, wonderful. It was obviously a little, you know, um, the nerves of being in a new space and meeting all new people. Um just a little activated. It was a very nice luncheon. I'm excited to be a part of this organization. And about um, one one o'clock, 1.30, as I started heading home, I just noticed a lot of anxious parts and and just the the sense of, I don't want to say overstimulation, but new stimulation, right? New stimulation. And I didn't realize until later in the day that I had a little bit of um, a panic attack on the way home and it wasn't totally extreme, but I got kind of frothed up and working in my head and 
Um, it wasn't about not meeting expectations. I think it was just the nervousness of being in a new environment, something unpracticed. And then I started, you know, my thinking part started judging. You used to do this kind of stuff all the time. What's wrong with you? Right. So my thinking parts had a little parts party and I came home and I took off my bra and I took off my uncomfortable clothes and I put on my pajamas and I enjoyed um, the rest of the afternoon just chilling out and soothing and relaxing. And the magic that happened. And this is something that. You know, it's really tricky because we've conditioned We've been conditioned. We even condition ourselves to avoid struggle. And there's a, for me, what is working is a both and. I told a friend this morning, I was like, listen, I used to use positivity and spirituality to bypass and I pushed all that stuff down and I really struggled with depression. And what I know about my depression and anxiety, they're two polar ends right depression is pushing it all the way down and anxiety is feeling all of it and what I have learned now here today on this 19th of March 2023 is that I can lead and listen to and care for my depressed parts from a place of calm confidence from from what I call my yellow heart I can lead my anxious parts, but I'm so used to them leading me and I'm building the practices of leading those instead of shoving them away. And it's so interesting how the world just reflects back to me that what it demands of me is this positivity and this perfection. And I have parts that are trying to be a good girl. And... I know it may come across as negative. I know it may come across as, um, I don't know, like some, like I'm a victim. I don't feel, uh, certainly there's times when I'm like, woe is me. But my intention is not, my intention is to learn how to hold. So a, a friend this morning was talking about, um, uh, uh, something that happened, it was a giant pivot, big disappointment, and she was talking about maintaining a good vibration. And I so appreciate that. And my intention is my version, which is slightly different, because in the past, my entire fucking life, I did not honor my own difficulties and losses. Those were seen as literally when I would struggle as a child. Stop that crying bullshit. Stop struggling. And what I'm learning how to do now is you are safe. I am here with you and you're struggling. And to have so much compassion for the absolute normal thing that is a struggle. And what happens when I have compassion for the struggle is the struggle relaxes when I don't resist. So if we're talking about vibration, what my intention is, is to hold a loving vibration for the low vibrations, not to eliminate the low vibrations. And most of the world doesn't get that. So I have parts that go crazy because they want to be seen and liked and loved. And often this is perceived as negative. But I am not here to be pleasing to the rest of the world. I am here to do what I'm called to do. And it is to learn how to hold the wild edges of being human. 
And yeah, the glorious and the fun and the joyful are much more palatable to society. And society doesn't know how to be with the struggle. They're always trying to convince people how not to struggle instead of saying, I hear you. I hear you. And what I was able to do for myself, nobody else was able to do for me, was hold my struggle and just listen to those parts. And once I did, they fucking relaxed. I didn't have to push them away. It wasn't fun. But I have parts that are trying so hard to be a certain way instead of loving what is. You know, we've all heard that in spirituality, but nobody actually teaches us how to do it. I'm listening to a book right now, and it's all talk and know actually how do you do it. And so here's how I do it, literally. And what I did yesterday that has led me to being able to tap into Spark today. Let's say that my yellow heart, my core self energy is the yellow, I call it the yellow heart. Let's say it's the sunshine. The sun is always shining. It's always there. And my parts are like the weather. They come and go and they're different kinds of weather. But the sun is always shining. And I spent the last three years identifying and getting to know parts. That, that journey will never be undone. But a lot of my parts are like cloudy, stormy weather. And those are a lot of the parts that were shoved down in my family. They were shoved down in my school. They were shoved down in coaching. And I have been letting them peek out and come. And I have been building a relationship with them. And it's a new relationship. So sometimes it's fucking awkward. Sometimes it's not just one part at a time, but sometimes when I entertain one part, a whole other part comes up. But what I do, my process is, is number one, be the noticer. The book I'm listening to talks how that's most of the problem solving is being aware, being the, the noticer. And so, yes, I've got the awareness covered. That is my cognitive self. I'm fucking aware. Trust me, I see it all. But after the awareness is to to slow down and take an intentional breath that does not just a cognitive and awareness, but a somatic. So I have this imagination that these parts are, are made up of, of core self and all these parts. And I breathe into, as Kay Gardner says, breathe bigger than your parts. And so into my chest space, my lungs, my heart, my belly, into my core, I turn on the light of my yellow heart that is already there. And with each breath, all the parts are still there, but with each slow and intentional, compassionate breath, the parts become aware that I am there for them. So imagine a huddle of 25 parts all tightly squeezed in a room, and with each breath, they take one step out, and they're all still in the room, but they're not shoved against each other in a giant crowd. And so the space between them is the higher vibration. And the higher vibration does not need to eliminate the low vibration. But just by bringing her presence to the room, the lower vibrations begin to rest. They begin to slow down. They begin to acclimate to the newer vibration. I don't have to shove them into the corners. And by saying, hello, parts, I see you. Hello, parts that are struggling. Hello, parts that felt loss. Hello, parts that experience discomfort. Hello, depressed parts. I see you and I am here for you. 
No matter what you feel, you deserve more love, not less. I'm here for you. And that begins the process. And sometimes it's just that because that's all I have time for. And then other times I dive in deeper and I listen to their fears and concerns. But it's so fascinating to me what human beings do. And what we've been trained to do, and I've mentioned this before, that in my second session with Rebecca, who started me off on the IFS work, she was like, oh, by the way, don't coach your parts. And we're so tempted to give advice. Instead of saying, instead of being an attuned, loving presence for those parts. And so because I got out of the house, I had an extreme parts party. And because I had an extreme parts party... I built the muscle and my confidence in, you're going to laugh, my ability to struggle. What if, instead of we're running around trying so hard not to struggle, what if we build our capacity to hold the struggle, therefore it's not as intimidating? That, my fucking friends, is the magic that happened. I send you so much love. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week.